Hello and welcome to Vision Scope, a program designed to educate and inform on matters relating to disabilities. My name is Wilbert Williams. We have a special guest in the studio that we want to introduce. She is Kim Miller. Kim is CEO and founder of the Side Project, and she is based in the United States. And we're going to bring Kim in and let her tell us about her program. Kim, welcome to Tell It Like It Is. Thank you all for having me and happy new year to all your listeners. I know we're 22 days in, but still, you know, happy oh, yes. new year. Happy rest of radio, the year. Right? Yes, exactly. Happy, happy rest of the year. Mm. Good to be with you all this evening. Kim, you, you are, you are a very important lady. But mm. before we get into the site project and what it's all about, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Kim Miller? Uh, Kim Miller is, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I'm just a straight, a Brooklyn girl and by way of Barbados. And as we say, uh, where I come from, Brook, Barbadian born, Brooklyn bred, Brooklyn fed, Brooklyn till I'm dead. So I'm, I'm Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brooklyn all um, the way. <laughs> Brooklyn all the way. We represent, we represent. Um, the, the name of my organization is called the Site Project. And site is spelled with a Y. The reason it's spelled with a Y because we are also the implementers and the creators of the blind awareness ribbon. So the Y, the ribbon is flipped upside down to emulate a Y so that we're carrying it in the name always as a reminder to our sighted audiences that the blind and visually impaired community is here. Um, one of the main projects that the site project does is it is the in between or the liaison between sighted entities and unsighted individuals. So and Kim, what that talk, means, talk to us, talk to us a little bit now about your early days. You were born in, in Barbados? I was. I was born in Barbados and I came mm -hmm. to the United States very young. Um okay. like maybe five years old um, mm -hmm. when I came to the United States, went to school here, went to college here. Uh, my whole life, you know, been here. Uh, yes, I do go back to um, Barbados because I um, am, am, we are implementing a pilot program in Barbados uh, mm -hmm. with the site project. Um, and that's putting the blind and visually impaired community back to work so that they are self-sustained. All right. Um, so, so you started life in Barbados. Yes. But then you you migrated to the United States at an early yes. age. Uh, what what was life like going to school in the United States? A young Barbadian, you you were you were blind at that time. No, I didn't start losing my sight till I was in my late twenties. Okay, uh, so I was I I went to school with with everyone else. I didn't have to you went through regular school, regular schooling. Yes, mm -hmm. I did not mm -hmm. have to attend any schools of the blind. That was mm -hmm. so far on the horizon. We never, I never had real sight issues to this level. Yes, they, mm -hmm. in school, you know, they give you the eye exam. They yeah. say, okay, she needs glasses, but the glasses and contact lenses, as I grew, mm -hmm. never ever really seemed to work. And I remember asking people. Well, you put on your glasses and your contact lenses, what happened? Mm -hmm. And they would all say, oh, yeah, I can see really well, but I could not. Nothing changed for me. Okay. But we, we had no idea that it was a sight impairment. So you, so the, the, the impairment was actually there but not recognized? Is that what It was there saying? but undiagnosed. Yes, yes. Because I, yes. I also think at that time, you're talking about, you know, the mid-70s. Mm -hmm. I don't think they even had a language to um to tell my parents what mm. the definition of this sight loss was because you know most uh west indian communities most black communities especially migrating mm. from another country mm. blindness means either you can see or you can't mm. no one explains the gray area in between and mm. i didn't no one explained that to me for another 
I want to say, 30 years. The language was kind of partially developed in the 70s. Yes. It was yes. It was not fully on stream. Right. Yes. There was no language and, yes. and, and definition to yes. give a full, and a full accounting and understanding of mm -hmm. what the loss of sight meant. So, Kim, what age were you when it really hit you that, look, I have a sight problem and I need to deal with it? I thankfully was an adult and I was on my own. I was uh, about 27 years old when I realized that something was wrong. I went to get my driver's license. I did drive. I went uh -huh. to get my driver's license renewed and mm -hmm. I couldn't read the line that they wanted me to read. Okay. And they told me I had to go to the eye doctor. But when I went to the eye doctor, I was able to read it. And yeah. the, the, the eye doctor just said, well, you need to wear glasses when you drive. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of it. I went back to motor vehicle and I got my driver's license renewed. But over time, what happened was I started, I started to become anxious at night when I started to drive. When I was driving at night. I realized I was very anxious, but I had no idea why. Mm -hmm. And as the, as the dusk came in, I realized I couldn't see the same way that I could see during the day. And in the daytime, I was fine. It, this, this only happened at the night, dusk had, and in the night problem time. at night. Yes, I was having yes. what they were calling tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. That's what started to happen. And then again, over time, what was happening to me at night started to happen to me in the daytime as well. How much, and, of the sight, how much of the sight do you have left now? Um, I would say maybe 15 to 20%, maybe less. It's like sitting at the bottom of a pool with your eyes open, surrounded by fog. Yes. That's yes. what my eyesight is, is like now. Mm -hmm. it, it just grew like that over time. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about the transition. Yeah, I know it was gradual, but what was it like when you found out that, that your sight is leaving you and uh, you might not even have any later on? What, what was it like? How did you react? How did the people around you react? I, I, I didn't even really know that that's what was happening. I just knew something was happening. And when I went to the eye doctor, they just kept, prescribing different glasses and mm -hmm. thankfully i had a really really good friend who was a nurse at a very prominent hospital here in new york and i explained to her what was happening and she went with me and referred me to a doctor that worked at that hospital and uh, he is the one who it took I, he tested me all day i was in his office for about nine hours Mm. And at the end of it, he said, you have a condition, I suspect, called retinitis pigmentosa. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, I heard of legal blindness and a low vision specialist is what he and you got it, And you got it under big umbrella. Hmm? Big umbrella diagnosing. <laughs> Everything he was saying was like light bulbs were coming on. Like, yes, yes, that's what's happening. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. And he, I remember him giving me a pair of glasses at that time. It was very new and they had like little binocular scopes in them. And I remember mm -hmm. being able to see like all the way down the block and around the corner, it felt like, but what he explained to me was as well as these glasses can help you see right now within six months, they're not going to be of any use. They're going to get, your, your vision is going to get less and less over time. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. It became like, it went from a hole to a pinprick. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, it, it, it gradually, and, and, and by the time I went to the doctor, my sight had been eroding for almost 10 years. Oh. And I had no, I had no, by the time I got to the doctor, I had no periphery. Mm -hmm. I had no night, no nocturnal vision, no nighttime mm -hmm. vision, yeah. no hand-eye coordination, no color palette, no depth perception, which would, allow you to look into the distance to cross the street or words and reading, you know, with your naked eye, reading mm -hmm. newspaper, reading books. And that's what your depth perception allows you to do. And all of that was slowly being erased. I had my vision at that point started to be like a puzzle that was all broken up. Like I could see stuff, but none of it was clear. 
Do you think uh, that that slow onset helped you to adjust in many ways rather than if it had hit you suddenly? I think so, yes. Uh, but still, you're losing it slowly or you're losing it quickly. Your you're still losing it, you know. How, you're yeah, losing you're still it. losing it. So your mm. sight dictates how you maneuver That's right. the world. And what I realized was I, I was doing the same things for a long time, like most people who have an issue. When we realize that we're not like everybody else, we try to hide. And, and I had a really good friend who said to me, Kim, you know what you are? You're like a superhero who don't know how to use their power. Mm -hmm. Think mm -hmm. of Spider-Man and Superman. When they realize they're not like everybody else, they try to hide. And that's mm -hmm. what I did. I hid in the shade in between the light and the dark for a very, very long time yeah. because I was functioning on my memory. Mm -hmm. uh, not my eyesight, just my memory. Talk to us now about your rehabilitation because you must have undergone quite an extensive rehabilitation program. What was yeah. it like? The first thing you need to do, again, most people, especially in the African-American and the Caribbean diaspora, we don't know how to ask for help. And when we do get help, we don't know how to accept help. And for me, I was down on the ground. I, I didn't know how to get help because, again, we are taught to go to school, get the degree, get a job. And I, and I did all those things that I was supposed to do, mm. but yet I Still, with my education and with all the things I knew, I knew nothing about blindness. I knew nothing about applying for state aid or state funding or how to apply for housing. I, I, I knew nothing. I, I absolutely knew nothing. And I remember uh, calling, like, the Foundation Fighting Blindness and the commissioner. And every time someone answered the phone, I would hang up. I would hang up all the time. And then finally, when I couldn't take it anymore... If someone answered and I just blurted out what was happening. And I remember the woman saying to me, so you're the person that's been calling and hanging up all this time. It was like months of my calling and just hanging yes. up. Mm. And because you're in denial, right? Isn't that one of the stages is denial mm -hmm. and denial anger. Is, and it, 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 right. Yes, yeah? yes, like yes. The first step you're in denial. Like, no, this is happening to someone else. This is not happening to me. And then, then finally I spoke to them. I told them what was going on with me. And <clears throat> one of the first things she said, you're going to have to do is call social security. And I was like, I, I was like, I'm like 30 years old. She said, when your eyesight is involved in the eyes of the law, you are now 65 years old. Mm -hmm. You are no longer, you are seen as you are impaired and you will be able to qualify for state aid. And then the next thing I did was call the Commission for the Blind and Visually Impaired. And that's where I started to get help because they actually sent someone to my home the uh -huh. very next day. Yes, the that, very that, next that, that changed things. That changed things. And not only did it change things, it also depends on the counselor they send you. And mm -hmm. thankfully, the person they sent me, she was the key to my lock. Yes. She, was the, she was the person who got, you know, she came to my house. She kicked off her shoes. She sat down. We talked. She allowed me to cry it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get it out of your system because mm -hmm. you've got a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. And you can't do it if you're going to be crying every five minutes. Yes, you're going to be, uh, it's going to be a huge adjustment in your life. Not only your life, but every single person you know, every person that's surrounding you, every, everything is going to shift and change. Did you have a family of your own at that time? I did not. No, no. I, I, so you I were on your I own? My, I was on my own. I was working in corporate America. I had a big job. I worked for a major communications company in national security. Mm -hmm. I drove to work. Uh, mm. You know, I, I, I was making hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Um, and just like that, it's like somebody pulled the thread in a cheap sweater and my life just unraveled fast. You, talk, you, talked, you talked a little bit about the denial, but tell us the stage before that is anger. Well, 
I, I don't even think I, I, I think I experienced denial and anger at the same time. It wasn't one than the other for, in my case mm. because like I, it was coming so fast. It was coming so fast that I was experiencing so them they, both. They, they, at the same they were time. dwelling in the same space. Yes, they were. So it was, I couldn't turn left or right. I, I, I had both of them bracketing me. Mm. I was angry. I was in denial. Mm -hmm. I was frustrated. Um, because again, it's not like I had a family member or a friend who mm -hmm. had experienced this. I was drawing my blueprint as I went. Mm -hmm. There was no one that I could turn to and say, Hey, when this happens, what do you do? Or what do you do with it? No, no, no one. No, no when one. was the when was the turning point? When did you decide that look, this thing is nonsense. I've got to climb out of it and you know make changes. When did that come? I think that came once I could not drive anymore. I could not make a living anymore. I couldn't keep mm -hmm. my job. I couldn't mm -hmm. I, I couldn't make the kind of money I was making anymore. I couldn't keep my apartment. It was like, imagine that there's cracks all over and every time you plugged one, another one opened, another mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. I only have two hands and 10 digits, right? So at some point, I'm going to run out of digits. Mm -hmm. So I remember my friend, uh, you know, a, a friend of mine saying, just let go, we'll catch you. And I'm like, I don't know what let go means. Mm -hmm. what does that mean we will take care of you I've never had anyone outside of my parents you know take care of me I left home how do I put my entire life into somebody else's hands yes but I had to do that in order to then rebuild the bricks because the life I knew was gone mm -hmm. it, and so I think that keeps a lot of people in denial because mm -hmm. they don't know another way so it sounds to me like um, you 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 had good support during your rehab, and um, obviously you did well in rehab. I mean, by 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 all intents and purposes, you must have done well. Is that I, I did well because I had no other choice. You had right? no option. The, no option. Death was my other option. That was mm. it. I had nothing else and no one else. So mm -hmm. thankfully, I did have very good people around me. I did have, it, not even my family, this was my friend. Mm -hmm. And the, my counselors, and you have to rehab yourself both mentally and physically because you are becoming someone else. You are not the same person. You're becoming someone else. Kim, what is life like after rehabilitation? It was very new and very scary because I now had to tell people I was visually impaired. And what I realized is a lot of people had no idea what that meant. It was mm -hmm. a new term mm -hmm. and I could, I, I wasn't using a cane yet. I wasn't using a device. So it was just my words. Mm -hmm. And so people looking at me saw no outward sign that I had this issue in my eye. So I would say to say a store clerk, Oh, could you tell me where the bathroom was? Notice I didn't say, show me. I said, mm -hmm. just tell me where the bathroom is. And they would point at stuff and they would nod. You didn't at see stuff. where they were pointing. And I had, right, their arm just disappeared into the distance. Yes. But so that became frustrating because I, there was no outward sign. And on top of all of that, full disclosure, I was also embarrassed to use mm -hmm. a cane. Mm -hmm. Right. I was still young. I was in my late twenties. I was very vain, like any yes. young woman, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that, that, and what happens, pride goeth before the fall. Right. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to tell anyone, but I still needed to function mm -hmm. in the lifestyle that I was accustomed to just because I was losing my sight. I didn't want to lose my way of life. Mm -hmm. And in order for me to keep that, I had to come out of hiding completely you what was your first job Kim? what was your first job uh my very well actually my very 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 first job i was like nine or ten and i walked my neighbor's dog after school and she gave me twenty dollars a week so to me that was a lot of money no but i mean after my, after you became blind and went through the rehab 
after I became blind and went to mm-hmm. rehab, I, actually all of my jobs were before I went to, um, I had the rehab and all of that. Once I had rehab and those things, I was able to retire because I worked at the corporate and executive level. And although I was just 30 years old, I had enough money in SSA in order to retire. Here in the United States, you get disability. So I was say eligible. You are blessed. blessed. Yeah, I was eligible to get still almost 60% of my income for the next 35 years. Mm. But that was because I worked at a very high at corporate level. I worked at the Board of Education. I worked in private firms. I worked for mm. the state. I worked for the government, right? So when I had to leave work, that was what it was. I left work because I was still able to uh, get a part of my salary, but I couldn't afford to live on my own yet because rents were so high and things of that nature. Thankfully, like I said, I had a really great support system um, and I was able to live amongst my friends uh, until all of my state aid came through and that took 25 months. Mm -hmm. So I was able to, thankfully, they all pause their lives in order to help me aid me and then i was able to teach them what i was going through how we can still communicate together so eventually, that, that that's what happened eventually you started the site project i started the but, site project because there was a lack of understanding yes, and a lack what, of what i want to know what prompted you start the site project in a a country where there are so many things going for people who are blind what prompted you to want to start something else there are a lot of things going for people who are blind yes and no um what prompted it was um i remember going into a department store and asking for an assistant to get you know find something in the store and they just left me standing there Mm-mm. I stood there and waited for 38 minutes for mm. someone to come and no one came. Do you remember? I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm dating myself here, but there's this movie out there, uh, Pretty Woman, and in, in it she wanted to get help. No one would help her. She went someplace else. They helped her. She came back and was like, big mistake, huge, huge. And that's what I did to them. Mm-hmm. It was like, you don't want to help me? Now you're going to want to help me later. So that's yeah. kind of where it started. I I was being ignored. I couldn't mm. see them, so they wouldn't see me. Yes. And I was really, really angry um, mm. at that. And I just was not going to take that lying down. Uh, and so I, I started out to do something about that. We uh, are invisible in, in the world of the visual, and we live in a visual world, you know, whatever it is, we, we live in a visual world. And, and I thought, if I'm being ignored like this, how many other women, how many other girls, how, how many other men, how many other people in this niche community are being ignored in this way, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I started to talk to other people, mm-hmm. and we were all having the same issues. So I started the site project based on everything I had learned, everything that people were experiencing, everything people were going through. Um, I formed this organization to address what the sighted public don't know about us and how we need to be integrated into the visual world. We can't ascend to your needs. You have to ascend to our needs. Talk right? to and us. So, talk to us. Talk to us a little bit now about the, the the major objectives of the site project. The major, the the major objective of the site project is to be the liaison between sighted entities and non-sighted entities. What does that mean? That means, for example, <clears throat> one of the things that we are working on right now is the blind awareness tone alert. Um, now that we live in a digital and technological age, what happened is everything is online. Everything mm-hmm. is on the screen. Everything mm-hmm. is geared towards sighted 
people. So, mm-hmm. for example, there are more than 3,000 commercials and advertisements on TV and across social media platforms and streaming platforms that have a lot of music and yes. no words, right? Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. affects us all. It's a negative impact to the blind and visually impaired community. And I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have AIDS and I would record stuff and keep asking my, hey, well, what is that? What are they mm-hmm. selling? What are they talking about? Because it was just music, no words. And so I the find that project, I find that even in, in, in our part of the world in Jamaica. Even yeah, it's all over the world. All even over the world. a simple thing as telling the time, they put up the clock yeah. on the screen. Or, so or, they don't they don't actually talk the time. Right. They will or or you are uh there'll be a movie coming on our TV mm-hmm. show and it's, it has an actor or actress in it that you want to listen to and so on. And at the end of the ad, they will put the time, the date, the network, where it is mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. screen. And the sc- it's not saying anything. So if you anything. can't see, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You're at an, a disadvantage. And yes. I don't think that advertisers and mm-hmm. directors and movie directors and and um, the theater owners, I don't think that they get that they're leaving out a large swath of the populace who have discretionary income and who want to be involved in the discourse. So that's why we formed this organization to bring awareness and attention to what they're doing. And even if you don't care about the blind and visually impaired, this is what they care about. They care about the bottom line, right? For mm-hmm. example, here in the state of New Jersey, there's 259,000 blind and visually impaired people because the state of New Jersey has like 9.5 million people. Yes. So there's 259,000 blind and visually impaired. Mm-hmm. Even if you get 10% of those people, that's 25,900, right? If you want to see a movie, we're pushing audio description, right? Mm-hmm. We created a tone alert to bring attention. So when you hear that alert, you know that the next message that's coming is specifically for a blind person. Mm -hmm. They implement this and we get advertisers and producers, movie directors to use this tone alert using more audio descriptive descriptive features, as I said. Even if you got 10% of those people, 25,900 people buying a movie ticket at $16, that's over $400,000. How, how, that's widespread just one that, how widespread is that feature in the States now? Audio description? Audio description is pretty widespread. I'm talking about the tone. We're, well, we're, we're in talks right now with people like Netflix and uh, uh, Prime, Hulu, all the streaming networks. So they, uh, haven't, AM, implemented AMC theater. they haven't implemented right. it Right. We haven't implemented yet. We are just in talks because, again, okay. even if you don't want to help us, the, the, the bottom line for your figure per state, you're talking about a minimum of $400,000 per state mm-hmm. that can go That's, into a movie theater is, now and, and, and watch a movie now. This is tell it like it is. And we ask some very hard questions. Is something like that going to the heart of the issues that blind people face? That is just one thing, right? If we can implement one thing. Yes. But if we can get our foot in the door with one thing, then we bring everything else with us. What else do you have on the agenda? We have on the agenda, same going, going with the audio descriptive feature. Here in the movie theaters, for example, when we can get a movie in audio description, they give you a headset, right? Mm-hmm. And that headset lets you, the narrator, you are the only one who can hear it. No one else in the movie theater can hear it, right? We have the prototype to have everyone have that in their pocket at home. So you and I, or m- myself and a, and a sighted individual, may be watching the same show, but only I, with my earbuds, will hear that. Kim, you have supplied a number of clips which we're going to use. Um, The first one that we're going to play is one which deals with the tone, um, as you pointed out. Is there anything you want to add to that before we play? Well, this is just, yeah, this is just 
the naked tone by itself. So when you hear this tone, you will know as a blind or visually impaired person, mm -hmm. the next message that's coming is specifically to you, the blind and visually impaired community. So you can be on the alert. Let's so listen to that one. To Let's that. listen to that one now. When you hear that tone, you will know. Yeah, that, you, you, that you know. Is, okay, and that's quite distinctive. Right? No matter right. what you're doing, it's going to right. alert you. Uh, what's the next here one is, that you... Here is an example of how it will be used. Let's, so, let's play it again. Let's play it again. Because it's interesting. The examples of how it will be used. Yes. Okay. So when you hear that, you know that there's an advertisement that you can listen right. to and get the information. Right, but see, here is the way it, how it, it'll tell you what uh, what they're trying to mm -hmm. say to you. So Rock will play the other one, that way they'll know what it is. What's the next one coming up, Kim? Right, it's just an example of how it can be used. Okay, all right. This tone indicates that the current program is being presented in audio description for the blind and visual impaired audience. If the viewer does not require audio description... Please disable in the SAP settings. Mm -hmm. See that? And we yes. have it available in other languages as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Right? Because we believe in diversity, equality, and inclusion. Okay. Right? And any, any other? You can play the other one. Mm-hmm. Cette tonalité indique que le programme en cours est présenté en description audio pour le public aveugle et malvoyant. Si le téléspectateur n'a pas besoin de description audio, veuillez la désactiver dans les paramètres SAP. C'est ça C'est French. Puis on a Spanish version. Right, we have it in Spanish. Este tono indica que el programa actual se está presentando en audio descripción para el público ciego y con discapacidad visual. Si el espectador no necesita la audio descripción, desactívela en los ajustes del SAP. See, and these are just a few of the languages we have it available in Japanese and yeah, Russian, Korean, special yes. Right, mm -hmm. but I'm just saying because of we want diversity this tone indicates that the current program is being presented in audio description for the blind and visual impaired audience. If the viewer does not require audio description, please disable in the SAP settings. It tells you what it is. Yeah, Kalisha. It tells Kalisha, you what it is. Kalisha what sends it does, in a note to say that um, what it is, very good what idea. it does, and if you don't need it, how to mm -hmm. disable it, right? Mm -hmm. So now mm -hmm. if we get this across every screen, every platform, Netflix, Prime TV, YouTube, going forward, right? The blind now has a seat at the table in the in the national discourse, just on just um, audio descriptive platforms. All the advertisers, directors, producers. If we can get this Kim, tone promoted, Kim, that Kim, is what it will that's, do. That that is good. That is good, and I applaud you for that. But my argument is. Supposing, what about the population that not too keen on television? What do you do for them? Again, audio descriptive. So that your emphasis. If you are, yeah, my emphasis, emphasis is audio description. All right. That's what right? I wanted the, to get to. Yes. You're, the tone you're, just is for us mm -hmm. and the visual, the visual community. So when they hear that tone, mm -hmm. they know what it is as well. But the emphasis is audio description. That's what that tone does. All right. It pushes yeah. oh, that audio description. Yeah, right? that makes we can't sense. because we can't see. We need yeah. things to go. Oh yes. It is 2024, oh, yes. right? 
and even foreign films are still putting with all our technological advances they're mm. still putting little tiny words at the bottom of screens why that don't help it, it, exactly mm. exactly so that's just one thing we get that thing in then there is the blind awareness ribbon so now that gives the tone alert gives us purchase in the media and the mass media then the blind awareness ribbon would give us purchase in the mass market right because, because it's now a, it's, those it's things a, are recognized it's, it's, what? it's a ribbon yes and what you wear it on your color or where we wear it but again the blind awareness ribbon is unlike any other ribbon what it is is a snapshot of the waning eyesight married to the braille code the ribbon looks like it is white with dark dots all over it and on the lower panel the dots are rearranged to spell the word braille that is a snapshot of my eyesight as i was losing it because everything i saw was white with little dark dots so you're making a statement i'm making, really a, making statement. a statement right bringing mm -hmm. us into the marketplace again giving us a seat at the table of discord a well-needed seat the other thing with the audio alert tone before, is, no, before you go any further before you go any further what is what what is the advantage of the ribbon over the white cane well the white cane only tells someone who sees you that you are blind right mm -hmm. what happens when you want to make a purchase on say amazon for example right or any mm -hmm. any internet platform that person can't see you they don't know that you're blind but if we push and promote that ribbon when you go onto these platforms they have audio descriptive features for you in the marketplace they don't know that you can't see until we tell them that mm -hmm. so putting that there in the marketplace again gives you purchasing power because now every you, site you go to will have an audio descriptive feature you do you really think that um, that is getting to the heart of the problems that we face, that people in the United States face in terms of daily living? Yeah, I do. That, I mean, that, that is some of getting to the heart, right? We're not going to be able to get everything all in one fell swoop. I know. Because I know. the visual, the visual uh community whether it's mm -hmm. here in the united states or outside of the united states they don't understand blindness it is up to us to continue to be in positions of teaching and i feel like if we try to ram everything down their throat one time they're going to be just as dismissive in a lot of ways as they are now so we got to come to the table and peace feed them the, and the, then they'll the get point it. i'm trying to 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 bring across is that we are faced, and when I say we, it's because I'm, I'm still identifying myself with the people mm -hmm. in the United States. We face a lot of problems, and there are many issues that require solutions. Yeah. Um, when you start at that end, mm -hmm. I, I wonder, I wonder how, how many problems you're going to solve rather than starting somewhere else. I mean, I can't. I can't tell people in the United States what to do. Mm -hmm. but I, I'm just thinking, how many, how many of those issues are we going to solve by doing it that way? We're going to solve some, because, and, and a lot, because, again, we, are in, we live in a more than a sighted world. We are now living in a digital and technological world, right? Face-to-face -face communication is maybe 20% now. Everywhere you call, everywhere you go, even if you can find a phone number, what's the first thing they tell you? So you have to go online. Mm -hmm. We are living in a technical and digital, a digital and technological boom. Mm -hmm. So that tone alert is a digital suppose, and technological I suppose, event. I suppose we're talking about cultures that are different because... 
many of us live in third world countries where technology isn't as far advanced and some of the issues that we face are are completely different. And uh, I, I don't think we would find solutions through audio description. Okay. You know, um, well, I suppose the United States, you're talking about a different entity. But tell me, how are you funded? We have, to, we have to do a state grant. I actually was funded from the Commission for the Blind and Visually Impaired here in the state. And now we are also filing for, because, you know, we're a 501c3, so we, we get to file for grants and things of that nature. Um, here, you, uh, you made a point about third world countries to which we in the United States no longer call them third world countries so much as we call you all income emerging countries. That's one. Two. Yeah, go ahead, Rocco. Rocco wants to go ask. Ahead. No, one of our listeners quickly are asking the question, um, how does what you do there in terms of what um, setting the ribbon, etc. What is the solution in terms of um, diminishing unemployment within the United States? Okay. I reckon within the blind and visually impaired community if you want to respond to that say the question again what how do we how yeah the question is um what is the solution um to diminish unemployment within the united states i guess within the blind community um the listener is talking about right well again we don't have um any national symbol to say that we are here right so we need to let people know that we are here and then let them know what our needs are, right? Um, just the same as the breast cancer uh, ribbon. What is the point of that? The point of that is research and to implement change and to implement a cure. That's what the ribbon is about. Same thing for the blind awareness ribbon. The implementation of that ribbon is to uplift the lives and the needs of the blind and visually impaired community because they don't know that we exist. They don't know what our needs are and we need a symbol, a beacon to rally. A listener is is, um, making the point that um, he's not just trying to identify the problem, Mm -hmm. but he wants to find solutions. Right. What would you say to that? The solutions are, is not one solution that you're going to get. There's a multifaceted solution. So some of these solutions that we are trying to come up with, first, we need to give it a name. We need more employment for the blind and visually impaired community. Okay, so it's twofold because employment here in the United States is different than you finding employment in the income emerging countries. Let me explain. Here in the United States, we have agencies that do that, right? We go to the Commission for the Blind. We go to the Foundation Fighting Blindness. We go to the National Federation for the Blind, the American Council of the Blind. When you want to go back to work, for example, when, when I did my rehab and finally all of my state aid came through, my state aid came through with my apartment, they came through with my medical. And once I had those two things together, I went to the Commission for the Blind. They came in. They do an evaluation. They find out what it is you want to do, where you want to go, what kind of work you want to do, what you want to be involved in. They assign you a counselor, right? And then that counselor then helps you get your needs. They help you with computers. They help you with software. They help make your home a smart home so you can talk back and forth to your home. They help you get aids and tools, everything that speaks. So that's what happens here in the United States. What and we're where using that fit, where, where, where would site where would the site project fit in all of that? The site project fits into that that working alongside of them and helping them identify needs because these agencies have a chart that they go by and everybody's not going to fit into that chart so we help them identify the needs of what some some people want to do 
um, is not listed in their criteria. So we go out and help them get them into sighted companies. So for example, I have a friend who is sight impaired, but she is a banker or she works in a bank. She wants to go back to working in a bank. So what do we do? We use that ribbon. We go to the bank and we help the employees of the banks and the supermarkets and restaurants. We help them help blind folks, such as knowing how to communicate and interact with them, knowing how to help them fill out a job application and bring them on the job, hands-on training. We go into companies and we do that so that it is blind and or visually impaired ready. So that the next person comes in, they know what to do. The structure of your organization, you, 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 how is it structured? You have a board? I do. Yes, I do. So I am the chairman of my board. There is uh, EJ. She is also sight impaired. Everyone in my uh, company is either sight impaired or disabled in some way, right? So it's not just sight impairment. I'm sight impaired as a CEO. EJ, who is um, the chief uh, operating officer, she's also sight impaired. She's had two eye transplants. She -hmm. is also a veteran of the United States Army veteran of the United States school system, both in New York and South Carolina. Um, I have a counselor, uh, um, someone who counsels and gives us uh, marketing, um, who helps us place on the web and helps us go to seminars and helps us travel. We have someone who, we have someone placed in Barbados, who's a chief global officer. So he helps me work with the blind and visually impaired there. So here what's, the is how, of, what's the size of your board? We have nine people on the board you because have you have to have an un, yeah we have to have an uneven number yeah yes, so that I know. there's For a break here tiebreaker right there you go so yeah. here is how the blind and visually impaired that the blind the blind awareness ribbon helps in the income emerging countries we don't call them third world countries to me that sounds so backward and degrading. Right? Oh, can't. No, it's not, you know, it's facing the realities. You see, we love to play. Let me tell you something. I find that at a lot of these conferences, there's a lot of play on words. Absolutely. And we change things to suit the funding situation. But that's another story. Um, (laughs) But tell me now, how does a blind person become a member of Of what? Side, side project. Can a blind person? Can any blind person become a member of the side project? How do they? They can't become a member of the board. No, that's they would have to become a member of the board. No, they can't. That's what I'm saying. No, I can understand um, that. But can they become a regular member of the project? No, no, not at this time. No, because things are are, done. We have a things are are done to them without them. Would you say? No, we can only tell you what we offer. We want to come on, if we want to participate in what we offer, that's fine. But like, like I was saying about the income emerging countries, right? We're going. No, to I'm not talking about the emerging countries. No, I'm talking about the United States. You, 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 there is a there is a, a a motto which is used globally by Mm -hmm. blind organizations and i want your response to it nothing about us without us what's your take on that i i agree nothing without us especially when it comes nothing about us without us so how come an organization like that then can make proposals and do things for blind people without their mass involvement well that's what we do we don't make we don't do anything without doing the research first so we came up with the tone alert we went out and let other people listen to it we went out to the school we went out to you know other places and i'm sure we haven't covered all the ground yet which we will continue to do let them listen to it questions i'm asking feedback on 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 the alert for example what do you think about it the questions the questions the questions i'm asking are not questions are not how i feel There are are issues out there, Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to find out. Oh, 
how do you know what people... You see, research, research is one thing, but how do you know what people are thinking and feeling and how can you respond to them properly? Because that's what I'm trying to get at. Hmm? We, that's, most of the time, that's what I'm doing is traveling. I'm not sitting at home doing this stuff. I'm traveling all the time, getting mm -hmm. people involved. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? Mm -hmm. How does this look to you? What does this feel like to you? What do you think this smells like? What do you think this feels like? You yes. have to get their input because you are technically speaking for them when you go in front of, let's say, a Magic Johnson, for example. He owns all the AMC movie theaters in the United States, right? So in order to implement that sound, you have to let other people hear it. Do what does you it get, sound like do you? Get, you? Do you uh, get feedback from National Federation for the Blind and the American Council for the Blind? Absolutely. You get feedback from everywhere. You get feedback from everywhere. Now, I don't, I don't subscribe to you're going to make adjustments because you want to include everyone, but... You can't stop your forward progress either because, as you know and I know, you're not going to please everyone. No, oh no. So as, no, no. As, as, not, you know what I mean? You're going to adjust. And, right. You're going to adjust as much as you mm -hmm. can to mm -hmm. include and accommodate as many as you can, mm -hmm. but you're not still not going to be able to please everyone. Yes, yes, yes. That, that's, that's just the main factor yes. of it, right? There's no membership. There is no membership. It's a company. You can't become you, a member. Right. You, you can't become this a member. This is the point not, I was trying to hammer right. out. This um, is not like the NFB or the ACD, right? We don't have members. We have employees <laughs> that we, you know what I mean? We answer to the state. Hmm. Answer to the government. We answer to the state because that's what a 501c3 is. I need to answer to them in some way. We can implement things to make the lives of the blind and visually impaired better. And I mean, a a anybody can email me, info at the site project dot, dot com. You can email me if you have specific questions mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, specific ideas, things of that nature. Anything that's going to evolve us and help us grow and help us be a force as well as, you know, alongside of our sighted counterparts we want an equal and level playing field just like our sighted counterparts and that so is in are you mass media and mass marketplace are you an affiliate of any of the large organizations in the united states no i'm not except for the cbvi which is the commission for the blind and visually impaired and again here is why everyone it, what I realize about the, the, the organizations in the United States is that everyone is a kingdom unto themselves. The ACB is doing this. The NFB is doing this. The, the uh, FFB is doing this. Sounds as if you can't deal with the politics. That too. But more than anything else, everyone has a specific agenda. Right? The Commission for the Blind, their agenda is Getting you uh, with getting you training and stuff, computers and the things like that in your home. That mm. is their purview. The NFB, they have their purview. They're working with the Mint. They're trying to implement a coin for Louis Braille and 200 anniversary. That's mm. their purview. The ACB, they have another purview, you see. But all of these things combined together... Mm. Are, are supposed to elevate the lives of the blind and visually impaired. But because, as you mentioned, Willie, the mandate is so large. Oh, yes. One entity uh, cannot do it all. No, but and the that's why they asking, have all of these offshoots as The well. reason for asking. What is the value of being a stakeholder? No, they still they still don't understand. There yeah, are no I'm not understanding. Yeah, there are no stakeholders. There, there's no membership. Right. So I'm not understanding the questions that uh, they're asking. That, in other words, 
it's it's a board and the right. board the board works on behalf of blind people and this is the right. this is why i'm getting to the the crux of the matter and asking these questions why because um they're not affiliated to any agency it sounds to me like you are still at the stage where you are a state agency at the moment are you yes technically speaking you're technically, a state agency. right you have we work national we, yet no because we still work under the commission for the blind and visually impaired mm -hmm. right we do the things that they are not going to get to their mandate again is is to take you from not knowing anything about the blind and getting you acclimated to being blind our mandate is after you have gone through all of those trainings here is how we help you live outside here's how you live your life we're making all the other things outside better such as the mass media and the mass market making it easier for you to be uh, uh involved and engaged with so that you can go to a movie and be able to see the movie so you can go in a store or online and make sure that you are able to navigate because we have put parameters in place where you can shop online. Why? Because audio description and audio is a part of say Amazon bottom line so that you as a blind person can shop on their site. So, right. So, Without so, that, they don't, they have no idea that you, that blind people are out there trying to shop on their site. So Kim, if, uh, the long and short of it is that you 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 see a need and you move to fill the need right but you you are you are limited at the moment because you are you are state operated and if i am not interested in television or movie mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, then side project is not for me at the moment. Is that what you're saying? Well, not not that, not the site, mm, the audio descriptive feature may not be something you're interested in. But again, what, what, these what, else are would just, be there? what else would be there for me? I mean, there are these, this is just one thing that we're working on. For example, there are more projects to come. But this is the one that we're working on. This is the one that we're promoting right yeah, now. Give me some ideas um, of things that are to come. Things are to come. As I said, we talked about the earbuds. We, we're, we're talking about entering into the fashion business where we have Braille on our clothing. What about Braille on our hang tags? Not just Braille, but large print as well, right? Because everybody is not a Braille reader. I'm a Braille reader. I can read one and two. But maybe Mary can't and John can't but there's large print for that, right? Again, everything that we do, we're not going to be able to encompass everyone or everything, but we're going to do as many things as we can to support the life and lifestyle of the blind and visually impaired community. Kim, I want to thank you very much for coming in and sharing with us. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we've been hammering some hard questions as we are <laughs> known to do on tell it like it is and we have that's what it's here for well my again my email address is info i-n-f-o at p-h-e-s-y-g-h-t p-r-o-j-e-c-t dot c-o-m so that's info at the site project dot com and you can uh also go to the site org and read more about some of our initiatives and um even the the tone alert we um have sent it to congress the united states congress has a resolution um it's called the cvaa which is the communications video and accessibility act and we're trying to get that tone alert amended as part of that act so that it will become the law here in the United States. Thank you very much and all the best to you in your endeavors. As well.
thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And I look forward to all the questions that you all have for me. So please just send them to info at the site project.com. Okay, listeners, that's it for today on Tell It Like It Is. Um, we trust that you learned a lot from this program. And we'll be back with another guest next week. Until then, this is Wise Willie saying peace. If you have any questions or comments regarding this program, please address them to norwill2 at gmail.com. That is N-O-R-W-I-L-L number 2 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Have a happy and productive week. That's it for today. Join me next time when we will present another in the series, Vision Scope. Music was provided by Rennie Williams, Jr.